intense pressure. In other words, Paul is saying, for me to move forward, I put myself under intense hardship. It's not just something that occurs very easily. He doesn't press forward because that's a natural thing to do. He presses forward because there is pressure on him to press forward. And we said that pressure moves us out of inertia. We took note of the natural physical laws of Newton that says that uh, in a state of inertia, in a state where nothing is happening, something or an object is going to be at rest, or if it is moving, is going to remain at the same pace unless something forces it. And that which forces it is what I am calling pressure. If you want to move from where you are to where God wants you to be, you need pressure. Something must move you. Either you move yourself or you must be smacked to move. Because sometimes people get stuck in the same place and never move forward. Today I want to use God's instruction on how light was supposed to be provided for in the tabernacle of Moses as a metaphor for pressure that produces light through us. So turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 27 and we will read verse number 20. Exodus chapter 27 verse number 20. And it reads, And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually. Now, in the, on the surface, this instruction is not to human beings uh, because we are not olives. But I'm going to use that as a metaphor to talk about how pressure brings good things out of us. The, I like the Old King James Version because my regular Bible is the New King James. Uh, but the Old King James rendering of the same verse, Exodus chapter 27 verse 20 says, Thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure oil, pure oil, olive beating for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. Where the New King James uses the word pressed, the Old King James uses the word beating. So pressing requires some beating. <laughs> so in this instruction, God is showing Israel how to produce light for the tabernacle. Now you have to understand that there was no electricity when they were building the tabernacle. There was no uh, light as we know them. Light normally came from a lamp. And the lamp was fueled by oil. At that time, we had not discovered fossil oil or crude oil, petroleum as we know them now. So they had to use oil either from animals or from vegetation. So God is telling them how to produce oil. And in the process, he, he, he talks about things that are applicable to us. And I want to read... Uh, that passage again. You shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil. Everybody say pure oil. And it says the pure oil will be from pressed or beaten grape or olives 
for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually. There are four ideas that I want you to take note of in this passage we just read. The first one has to do with the olives. The olive is a raw fruit. Is a raw fruit. Is it's it's not light. It doesn't give oil uh, by itself. And I want you to think of yourself as that olive fruit. You are an olive fruit, self-contained. You look good. You look nice. But something is in you that must come out. And so God says you will start with the olive fruit. And the indication here is the unripe olive fruit. The unripe olive fruit. When the olive fruit is unripe, it is green. When it is ripened, it becomes blackish or black that to our eyes. Uh, but the olive oil is produced from the green olive fruit. The unripe, it's mature but unripe. So that's the first thing we look at the olive fruit and that's you the second thing you look at is the word pressed or beaten that is how the fruit releases what is in it in this process the olive fruit is pounded in a mortar more like how we will pound palm Fruit when we want to make palm soup uh, for 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 eating, we we cook the palm fruit and we pound it. Now that is how God says the olive should be treated. It you get the olives, you don't cook it, but you pound it, you beat it, you press it, you are crushing it. I don't know about you, but if you were the olive fruit. And you were being treated that way. You think the person treating you that way was very cruel. Don't you think so? You think, why are you beating me? Why are you breaking my outer covering? Uh, Why are you treating me so nastily? Uh, It doesn't seem like it is an act of love. But the olive fruit has to be beaten. It has to be pressed. The pounding of the olive fruit is a kind of pressure that is being placed on the fruit. It breaks down the fruit so that something precious can come out of it. So you are the olive fruit. There is something in you you don't even know you have. You think you are just a fruit, but God sees you are oil. And you want to remain fruit. And God says, yeah, it's good to be fruit. People can eat you for dessert. But there's something more precious I need out of you. It's called pure oil. And the only way to get that pure oil out of you is that you must be put under pressure. You must be pressed. You must be beaten. And in the process, it will be as if you are being broken down, you are being destroyed. But out of that process you will discover what is inside of you so there is the olive fruit there is a process that is used to break it down to release what is in it and then the third thing I want you to note is the pure oil 
The pure oil is the quality that comes out of the fruit. Now the passage calls it pure oil and it is intentional. Because this process is not supposed to produce watery oil. The phrase pure oil is oil that does not have sediments or impurities. And oil that does not have water in it. For that to happen, not only will the oil be beaten so that the pulp is received, but it has to be filtered. It has to be filtered. And you know how we do it. You know, those days, the technology they had then is very similar to our technology now. Uh, you, you would probably take the pulp, you put it in a, a fabric, uh, a can of uh, filtering fa- fabric. It can be organza or something like that. And then you squeeze it. So it has gone through pressure by pounding. It is going through filtration. You squeeze it, and as you squeeze it, the pure oil comes out. Two kinds of pressure. One pounding, one filtering. But both are ensuring that this thing that started as just a simple fruit is going to produce pure oil. If there is pure oil, it means there is impure oil. The quality God wants out of this oil is something that the oil, the the fruit itself doesn't even know it has. And that's how God treats us. Many times we have treasure sitting inside of us and we have no clue. It could be a treasure in somebody who lives in a village could be a precious ability, whether it's singing or football or whatever ability he has to be a mathematician, to be an accountant, to be a lawyer, but he's just a villager. For that ability to come out of him, that person is going to be subjected through series of pressure. Some to break down himself as he knows himself and reconstruct him. And some to filter him through a process that eliminates everything that is impure out of him. And out of that comes pure oil. And the the fourth thing I want you to note in the process is light. Light is the benefit of what comes out of the olive fruit. It is said that the flame produced from this kind of process that God showed Israel will produce fine, clean oil that burns with minimal smoke. When it burns, there is no smoke. It doesn't go into people's eyes. You know, there are people with gifts, but when their gifts are manifested, it hurts everybody. It's like oil that is burning with a flame, but the flame is producing soot. Black smoke. And when you get too close to them, you light the light, but they will burn your eyes. So they are a gift, but a gift that repels. 
But God is saying, I want to produce pure oil out of you so that when you start burning, people can get close to your light and not run away from your light. And for that to happen, I'm going to take you, I'm going to beat you. Now I'm not, I don't mean he's going to whip you with lashes. I'm saying that he's going to take you through a process of breaking down some things in your life. God loves us as we are, but he doesn't use us as we are. He loves you as you are. If you come to him, no matter how the state you come to him in, he loves you. But if he's going to use you, he has to process you. So he loves you. If you are careless, he loves you. If you are foolish, he loves you. If you are lazy, he loves you. He loves you as you are. But if he's going to use you, he's not going to use you the way you are. He's going to press you. And break something out of your life so that the oil inside of you can come out so you produce light. And the process for doing that, it's called pressure. Without it, my friends, you can be the most talented person, but your talent may be underutilized. Many of us are sitting around here with half-baked talents. You know you have potential, but the quality coming out of you is not attractive. And because you run away from pressure, you abbreviated and abridged the pressure, the training process that is required for you to get to where you are. Now, using the concept of light as we see it in the tabernacle coming from olive fruit pressed or beating filtered pure oil light I want now to transition into the New Testament and using the concept of light now let's look at the New Testament and it's one of the foundational scriptures we are using this year and this is not the only time I'm going to use it to preach. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 to 10. It says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaking. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body 
the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Amen. Now this passage is speaking about our spiritual life and how God uses our spiritual life as Christians and how God grows our spiritual life. But the principles that he talks about concerning our spiritual life also talks about our natural life. So although the immediate reference is to our spiritual life, there is an application for it in our physical life. Now I'm not going to focus on the spiritual aspect of the verse. I'm going to see how this verse applies to our natural life. Now if you look at the verse, it starts by talking about how God commanded light out of darkness. Now most of us are familiar with it. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Then the verse moves on and says that the same God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has given the light of his glory through Christ. So there is a light, physical light. When God said, let there be light, now the writer is drawing a parallel between God saying, let there be light and the light that Christ brings. And then he says that the light of God has been shown into our hearts. And then he tells us that the light of God is a treasure in us. Then he tells us that we are earthen vessels carrying the light of God's glory in us. And that the treasure in us produces excellent power. And then he says this power is not our own but God's. Then he tells us the challenges we face because of the treasure we are faced with. So, God put something inside of us. But he says that we are earthen vessels. It's, it's, it's a very risky thing to put something precious in something not precious. It's like putting a bunch of diamonds in a tattered fabric. It's, it's the person who does it is taking a risk. He's taking a risk because he has invested diamonds into something that can easily break. Something that can easily let the, lie, the, the diamonds be lost. And that's what God does. God has extreme treasure. But he doesn't look for perfect people to put the treasure in. He doesn't wait for you to be completed before he puts the treasure in you. God takes his treasure and says, as weak as you are, as, as, as limited as you are, I'm still going to invest my treasure inside of you. So you have the treasure, but you are an earthen vessel. You are not the best carrier of treasure. But that's how God works. He puts treasure in people we think he shouldn't put treasure in. You know, it's almost like when you are walking by the roadside and, and you hear somebody is blind and he's begging for money. 
I mean, in our society, a blind man begging by the roadside for money is supposed to be one of those low-level people. And then the person starts to sing for money. And then you listen to his voice and listen to the pitch and listen to the quality and the tonal quality of his voice. And he's a blind man sitting by the roadside, never been to music school, singing better than people who have greats in music. What do you see? You see an earthen vessel weak, but out of him you see God has put treasure. That is how our lives are. God invests treasure in us. And each one of us here, there is treasure in you. There is a treasure of Christ in you. But beyond the treasure of Christ in you, there is also the treasure of gifts and talents and abilities that God has poured inside of you. Now that treasure in you will go through a process. And Paul talks about it. And I want you to note how... He describes what happens to the earthen vessels. So I say that those who carry treasure will be hard pressed. He said we are hard pressed. That word hard pressed means to be squeezed. It's like squeezing that olive fruit to get oil out of it. It's like squeezing grape in order to get grape juice out. It's like squeezing orange in order to get orange juice out. God says because there's treasure in you, he's going to allow you to be squeezed. Why do you squeeze an orange? Because you want treasure out of the orange. Why do you squeeze the grape? Because you want the juice out. Why does God allow you to be squeezed? Because there's treasure in you. We are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. He says, that pressure you are feeling that seems as if this pressure is killing me, it's killing me, he says it's not going to kill you. It's only to extract virtue from you. Because there is virtue sitting in you and the virtue sitting in you must be extracted. And for you to be, uh, for you to get that virtue out, pressure. Talk to any high performer in the world and everybody is going to tell you a routine that will make you feel dizzy. Talk to the top footballers in the world. Talk to Ronaldo. Follow his routine. His training schedule. He is the best, supposedly, well, arguably. (laughs) In the world, but has never let down the pressure. Hard pressed on every side. Why? Because there's treasure sitting inside of him. And if he doesn't hard press himself and squeeze himself, the treasure will stop flowing. So one of the things that is going to happen to you is either you pressure yourself or God will use somebody to pressure you. And since most of us are very, very lenient to ourselves, the best way for pressure to come is from an external, non-feeling source. (laughs) He said, you have no feeling. You have no feeling. 
You don't know I'm a woman. Yeah, you're a woman, but you are saying what a man can do, a woman can do. You don't know I'm a woman. I've got three children. Pressure. Why? And you feel this guy is killing me. He's going to crush me. No, Paul says we are hard pressed, but it's not killing us. But it will be pressure. You will cry. Crying is good. It just shows the process is working. nation's biggest annual health and fitness event. Saturday, 28th March will be a blast as we hit the road with Life Walk 2020. Join Pastor Mensah Otebil and the International Central Gospel Church as we walk for life. Bring the entire family along as we exercise together and support a worthy cause.